This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. When you look at your vehicle, think of MPB. Need to get rid of your ride? Donate it by calling 877-MPB-4CAR. Need to have some work done on your truck? Listen to AutoCorrect Thursdays at 10, Saturdays at 11. An MPB license plate reminds you that MPB is with you wherever you go. Go to your county office and ask for an MPB car tag. MPB and cars, better together. From MPB Think Radio, this is AutoCorrect, helping you correct your auto problems. Our host is Coach Charlie Melton, ASE Certified Master Technician. I'm Liz Gill. Hello, Coach Charlie. Hello. How are you doing today? I'm doing great. we got to get the kinks out of this uh, studio. There. Maybe if I sit tall. There, I can see you. Raise the seat up. All right. Um, We are so glad that you're here today, and uh, today we're going to tackle some problems that's kind of been close to your heart and close to your friend's heart, talking about when you need to get a, a second opinion and how things are diagnosed and uh, getting estimates, start us off. Yeah, you know, uh, I think a lot of times uh, if you don't really know much about your vehicle, the first thing you do, you're going to tell a technician, well, this is what's wrong with my vehicle. Can you replace this? Can you replace that? Well, that is the wrong way about going and doing it because it's going to cost you a lot of money. I'll give you an example. This week I had somebody tell me he took his vehicle to a unknown uh, dealership and had it diagnosed and they said the radiator was bad he calls me and asked me could i do it i said sure i can so he said put a radiator in it well i got ready to put the coolant back in it it wasn't the radiator it was a water pump so now he's out 450 dollars for a radiator and he's out a thousand dollars for a timing belt and water pump He could have saved $454 if he didn't take it somewhere else and said, hey, this is what needs to be done. I'm the firm believer that if you do not know anything about a vehicle, please get a second opinion or take it to somebody that you trust and always ask them, could you look at my vehicle, tell me what is wrong with it and give me an estimate of how much it's going to cost? Because if you don't, that's the situation you get stuck in paying a lot more money for something that you really don't need. Well, and that was one of your tips of the week that kind of blew my mind is that uh, you said don't tell a mechanic what's wrong with your car because, you know, you, you're walking, you're a professional, you're walking a, a fine line. And if somebody tells you to replace their radiator, well, you know, you're going to do it. But if it's not the radiator, well, it you know, that's on them. Right. You just ate the money that you told the technician to replace that radiator. And that's why I'm saying you always want to make sure you take it to somebody that you trust and get a second opinion and make sure that you do a little research and seeing what it could be. And the thing is, to me, uh, as teaching the automotive class at Clinton for 20 years and doing diesels and doing gasoline vehicles, it could be many, many different things. And, you know, we talked about how do you diagnose a vehicle? first thing I'd ask you to do is look at the vehicle. Look at visually inspect it. Open the hood. Look at it. See if you see any wires loose. See if you see anything uh, broken. 
visually see it. And then the next thing I want you to listen to the vehicle. If you hear a noise, you drive the vehicle. The customer drives the vehicle every day. They know exactly what's wrong if the noise changes. You know, we had one last week tell us that they heard a baritone sound instead of a tenor sound. Well, that tells you that there is something wrong with the vehicle if it changes sounds. Listen, okay? And then touch things. Take your hands and just touch things. And maybe your problem may go away if you just touch something and then you can tell the technician, well, I touched right here, and this, the noise or whatever, corrected itself. The next thing, smell. You know, people say, well, smell. Well, smell, you're trying to see if anything's burnt, you know, like a belt rubbing. You can smell that. Antifreeze, you can smell that if it's leaking. Oil, you can smell it if it's on the uh, manifolds leaking down. So smell. And then when you start doing all of that, you can tell the technician, say, hey, I hear this noise, I smell this, or I see this. But don't tell them to replace this if you don't know exactly if that is the problem. You know, a lot of times we'll get calls from folks and they'll say, how do I find a a good mechanic? Well, if you're uh, if you've got a new vehicle or you live in a new area, getting a couple of different estimates for something that may be wrong, I think would help you get a have a good uh, relationship. You know, you find a mechanic that uh, you have a good confidence with. Right, and then just because they've been doing mechanic work for many, many years don't mean that they're their best. The problem is is that old school and today's school are two different type of vehicles. Somebody that worked on a 1960 and 70 vehicle, sure, they know exactly everything, but somebody's working on a 90s to 2000 to 2020, they're all, it's a whole different ballgame. We're talking today about getting a second opinion about an estimate and how folks uh, go about diagnosing problems with their vehicles. Our email address where you can send us your questions is auto at mpbonline.org. Coach, we have an email that uh, came in. This is someone, they said, this is Elizabeth, a lovely name. Oh, yes. I have a 2010 Lexus LX that has 250,000 miles on it and has been a great car. Their question uh, is... They have in the last couple of years, the center deferential lock indicator has come on intermittently. And uh, at the time, she was using a non dealer service station and they just chalked it up to the sensor being finicky. Now she's taken it to a dealership for repairs and the sensor came out on the and the dealership says it's actually the accurate. Actuator, and they need to replace it, but it would need to replace the entire transfer case, which is $5,000. Is this a logical price for the repair? Should I get multiple quotes, or is the dealer the best place to make a repair since it's so complex? Well, 214,000 miles on it. Um you're driving it every day. You're not having any problem besides the light coming on. I would get a second opinion, you know, $5,000 in a 2014, you know, that's uh, quite a bit of money for a new differential. Uh, could it be the sensor? Yes. Could it be the actuator? Yes. But what I would do is I would put it, go to another uh, shop, 
let them put their scan tools on it. And that sort of gets into our scan tool situation as well. Um, people, you go to the auto parts stores, they have these things called code readers. And what they do, they stick it in there and they read a code and say, hey, this is what's wrong with your vehicle. Well, that's really not what's wrong with your vehicle all the time. Because, you know, I had somebody tell me years ago, well, you got a scan tool. You can tell exactly what's wrong with it because it tells you. No, it does not tell you. It leads you in a direction because those codes have, a, they mean a lot of different things. You know, if you had one that was running lean, there's a lot of things that cause the vehicle to run lean. If you had a misfire in a cylinder, there's a lot of things that cause a misfire. So even with your transfer case, what I'm trying to get back to, get a second opinion. Not saying that the dealership's not the best place to go because they do know your vehicle, but get a second opinion and make sure that that is the problem before you take it in there. Let's go to Jackson and talk to George. George, we're glad you've called into AutoCorrect to talk with Coach. What's your comment or question? Uh, I also have a Lexus RX350. It's about 10 years old and been a wonderful car, but it's blowing cold air out of the right side, and the left side is not blowing hot air, but it's not blowing this conditioned air on the left is the right. Uh, is that an easy fix, or have I got a... Well, let me tell you about about Toyotas. If they're low of Freon, the least bit amount of it, it will only blow off one side code. So what I would do, so what I would do first is just have them check the go somewhere, have them check the Freon level because I've done this on several Toyotas. A matter of fact, I have one lady that brings it to me once a year. It starts blowing. lukewarm air out one side and I put a little Freon in it, everything's good to go. So I would have that checked first. Very good. Thank you so much. Yes, sir. I'll do that. A happy customer. Bye-bye. Let's go to John and Tupelo and see if we can make John happy too. Uh, John, uh, thanks for calling in to AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Yeah, I just got a couple questions for Coach here. One, uh, 2012 Ford Escape. Uh, the, the gas meter in it is just fluctuating all over the place. Like, I, I know I'll fill it up, but it'll it'll show it's low and it'll show it's high when it's low. It's just, I don't know, it's going all kinds of haywire. Uh, second question is, uh, 2000 Ford F-150 pickup truck. Uh, I need to get, I had it hooked up to the machine, the, the, the diagnostic, and it said I have a thing to do with solenoid. Uh, replacement in my transmission and i'm just calling is that is that like a a really expensive big deal kind of thing or is that a little something that's not that big a deal i will hang up and listen thank you okay thank you let's go to the uh first thing if we talk about the fuel gauge okay um now you do have a module in that fuel gauge that controls the fuel gauge and all the other gauges in there but anytime you most likely it's going to be in that fuel pump in that tank because now the fuel pump controls how much fuel's in there um it's all one unit that is put together now. It's called a fuel pump module. And they're about anywhere. It, it could cost as much as three or $400 if you did it yourself, but as much as $1,000 if you had somebody else do it. But I would go, first of all, the module is going to cost you more because it's a whole unit. I would go with the fuel pump first on that one where that gauge is fluctuating. Now, as the solenoids in the transmission, now you can take those out. 
You know, it's it's not a real hard job unless they had to remove the valve body in the transmission. And it's according to what I would do, and we're going to talk about this a little bit later, is go to certain websites that you can see on the uh, website, especially the Ford site. Uh, if it's a Ford vehicle, go to the Ford site, and they will have some forms and all that you could read, and it would lead you in a direction. Not saying that you can do it yourself, but it will lead you in direction so you'll know exactly what's involved. Now, you can go to places as well, some of these websites, and they will tell you how much it should cost you to replace those solenoids. Now, you can buy the solenoids yourself, or you go to a shop or a dealer, and they will replace those solenoids. There are some shops out there that will let you bring your own parts. But once again, you are telling them what you want done and they're only going to do what you tell them to do. If they replaced uh, one, two, first and second shift solenoid and they didn't do the uh, four, five shift solenoid, well, you're just going to have to make sure that it is diagnosed properly to make sure what is wrong with that vehicle. We had that trouble. It's the number three cylinder, and four different people replaced it. You know, <laughs> obviously that means it wasn't the number three cylinder if everybody's replacing it. Well, the thing is, on uh, just say if you had a misfire, it may be picking up at number three, but it could be number two if you had a head gasket leak, if you had an intake leak where air was coming in. So there, you had to really make sure what you know what you're talking about when you take your vehicle somewhere. A question, send your emails to auto at mpbonline.org. We're talking about getting a second opinion about an estimate, diagnosing your vehicles. We'll talk about recalls next. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Dr. Nancy Lotridge-Anderson, president of New Perspectives, a fee-only financial advising firm and co-host of Money Talks. For over 10 years, Money Talks has been answering your personal financial questions and sharing knowledge about money management. Money Talks can be heard Tuesdays at 9 a.m. on MPB Think Radio. Podcasts can be found on our website, money.mpbonline.org, or on your smart device's podcasting platform. You're listening to AutoCorrect with Coach Charlie Melton. I'm Liz Gill. So if you want even more AutoCorrect, find our podcast on all podcasting platforms for your smart device. AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. So about recalls, you can find out if your car has a past recall just by going to the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration's website, NHTSA, NHTSA.gov slash recall, and you just put in that VIN, 
number, or you can find their Safer Car app. And that website's really great. They've got lots of great tips on how to prepare before you head out for the road in the summer. They've got uh, information about recalls, about other things, uh, RV tires, children's uh, car seats. And they, speaking of children's uh, car seats, they have a article about improved testing standards for child safety seats. We're talking about getting a second opinion on a problem on your vehicle, how these things get diagnosed. We're taking your vehicle repair questions. Don't forget that email address is auto at mpbonline.org. Okay, here we go. Coach, we got an email from Jennifer. Jennifer says she has a 2004 Toyota Highlander with dry rot part she was going to replace. Her mechanic said it's discontinued. She's called several auto parts stores to cross-reference, but it wasn't available. Uh, what, what should she do? She's not able to drive the car anymore. If she can't replace the part, it's an air intake hose. Well, those air intake hoses, yeah, they do uh, break. Uh, but what I would do on that situation, I'd go to the Toyota Forum, and they have places that will sell just that part uh, or just uh, an array of Toyota parts. But you can go to a salvage yard, and you can find them in a salvage yard because not all of them are, are broken that come in on those vehicles. And you can look at a uh, Toyota Sequoia because they intermix a lot of those Sequoias. So you want to look at that area and see. Another thing, Liz, while we're talking about when you told them about the uh, VIN number. Let me just tell you where you find that VIN number so people understand. It is a 17-digit VIN number that is right inside your windshield on the left side. Now, you can find it off the driver's door. It's a 17-digit as well. If that door has been replaced, you need to make sure you go to the one that's at the windshield because that is the most accurate. Great. Now, let's go to John in Columbus. John, we're glad you've called in to talk to Coach Charlie. What's your comment or question for Coach? I got a question on a 2010 Chevrolet Avalanche, and it's not going into third gear. And I'd have had, I'd have had uh, people telling me it need overhauling, rebuilding, and all this kind of stuff. What's your, I mean, what can you tell me? On that one there, do you have a Amco transmission in Columbus? Uh, we do. I, I'm not, not exactly sure. Well, if, if you have an AMCO transmission, you can take that vehicle over there to AMCO, and he will diagnose that vehicle for nothing. Won't charge okay. you anything to tell you what's wrong with that transmission. Uh, because the thing is, they have a nationwide warranty, and if it's not shifting it out of a gear or into a gear, there could be several things. It could be a solenoid. It could be... Uh, hard parts in that transmission but what i would do is take it to a reliable transmission shop that you know that has a good reputation and let them look at that transmission because like i say okay. it could it could be something as simple as that the transmission control module is not telling it to shift at the right time because the transmission and the engine work together 
you know, so it could be something in the engine. But I would take it to a reputable transmission shop that you know that are up to date with the up to date scan tools and everything, and let them check it out before you have that thing rebuilt. And uh, being that model vehicle, I, I, I use a lot of good salvage parts on that, and you can get a transmission a lot cheaper in a salvage yard, and it may be just because it was hit on the side or hit in the back. And so you can find parts that are uh, real reasonable and good parts. So it would not it would not be a sensor or something, would it? It could be. That's what I'm saying. If you okay. see all that deals with the transmission control module, put that scan tool on it and make sure it's not a code reader. Put a scan tool on it and see what it's doing when it's driving down the road so it can be diagnosed properly. All right. I should thank you. That'll give me a good start there. Thank you. Yes, sir. Thanks, John. We are glad that you called in today. So you mentioned about the scan tools. Uh, I know just this much. I know there's an OBD-1 and an OBD-2. Uh, tell us a little bit about the scan tools. When you think about OBD-1, that's called Onboard Diagnostics 1, and that's before anything 1995 and before. And then you have uh, Onboard Diagnostic 2, and that would be 96 and to present. Okay, now a scan tool and a code reader, they're two different things. A code reader, all it does is read the code. It tells you take it, you take it to Advanced Auto, you take it to AutoZone, they stick this little thing on there. It tells you a code. A scan tool itself helps the technician diagnose the vehicle. It will read data. It will clear codes. It will do tests uh, for you as well. They're bi-directional scan tools that you can cut the fuel pump off. You can cut the fuel pump on. You can raise the windows up one at a time. You can do all types of things with a good scan tool. And that is a tool that the technician uses to help him diagnose the vehicle or her, but it is not something they use to fix the vehicle with because like I told you there's several steps that a technician has to do in order to make sure that vehicle is repaired correctly and the last thing is called verify verify that the repair was taken and done correctly because we uh, I don't know Liz if you've ever heard this before but somebody takes their vehicle into a shop and they come back and said the vehicle's running worse than it did yeah. or, or something else is broke well, do you really think that the technician is going to break something in order for you to bring it back? Well, there are some crooked technicians, but most technicians want to fix the vehicle and want to satisfy the customer. So if you thought something was broken, well, maybe you didn't hear it or maybe you didn't see it before the technician got on and started working on the vehicle. So you got to be careful. Great, great. Let's do another email. This one is from Paul, just came in. Paul has a 2016 Jeep Grand Cherokee. Last year, that check engine light came on, and the vehicle had a rough idle, but would stop. Uh, that, that would stop when he pressed the accelerator. The dealership diagnosed it as an engine misfire and said he needed new spark plugs. They replaced the gaskets on that side for $1,100. The same thing has happened again this year, and they're saying the engine misfire again, but this time it's the intake valve and a solenoid for $800. Not sure what all this means, but what's the likelihood this will happen again with a whole new cause for the misfire? Well, misfire, we need to understand what a misfire is first. A misfire is a dead cylinder. 
that that cylinder is not contributing to the power of that engine. That is called a misfire. It could be spark plugs. It could be fuel injectors. It could be a vehicle running too lean. That means it's getting too much air. It could be a vehicle that is running too rich, getting too much fuel. It could be timing off. Once again, diagnosing the vehicle properly, if it's affecting one cylinder or if it's affecting all cylinders, that means it's a different uh, problem with the vehicle. Okay, if it's just one spark plug, I can understand. But if they just did it on one side, they should replace spark plugs on the entire vehicle. And that should have been six spark plugs there or eight spark plugs. They should have changed all eight of them. And the gasket you're talking about sounds like it's going to be a valve cover gasket or something. Well, that for $1,100 to change spark plugs, I would say that's a little excessive. Now, saying it will will it happen again? Well, it could. Uh, spark plugs, but you gotta understand, spark plugs are warranted for sometimes life, sometimes a hundred thousand miles. If you ain't putting a hundred thousand miles on those spark plugs, well, there could be something else wrong with that vehicle that they're just not finding. Our email address where you can send your questions is auto at mpbonline.org. If that repair estimate just doesn't sound right to you, maybe you need a second opinion. Go with your gut. That is our topic between your car repair questions. What's in the news? I'm going to tell you next. You're listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. The information presented on this program is meant to provide general information about the topics discussed and is not necessarily the opinion of Mississippi Public Broadcasting. The information presented does not create any type of relationship between the hosts and guests and the listening audience. Please consult an appropriate professional for guidance about your concerns. Hi, I'm Dr. Jimmy Stewart, Professor of Internal Medicine and Pediatrics at the University of Mississippi Medical Center. On the original Southern Remedy, we answer questions about all aspects of your health and share some of the latest medical information in the news. You can listen to the show on Wednesdays at 11 on MPB Think Radio, or you can subscribe to the podcast by searching for Southern Remedy on your preferred podcasting app. Thank you for listening to AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Coach Charlie Melton, retired from Clinton's High School's Automotive Technology Program, is our expert host. I'm Liz Gill. Now, we hope you've downloaded our app for your smartphone, the MPB Public Media app, so you can listen to our show live on the Public Media app. You can watch PBS TV shows Look at that. On demand. You can watch TV shows on the app, and you can make a contribution. You click that support button on the top right because contributions help keep our programs on the air for you and for others to enjoy. Thank you so much for everybody who does contribute to support Mississippi Public Broadcasting. Hey, don't forget, AutoCorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. Okay, so in the news... We just can't have nice things because somebody's got to mess it up for us. So um, MDOT, our good friend Michael Flood, who uh, is a spokesperson at MDOT, has said the streetlights are out on the interstate because people keep stealing the copper in them. That's right. We just can't have nice things because somebody's going to go ruin it for the rest of us. 
and that is terrible. And like I say, it just doesn't happen here. It happens on if it's air conditioners, if it's anything that they Catalytic can get money, converters, whatever they can get money for. Stop it. Stop it. Yes. Don't you go letting your grandson or your granddaughter go and do that. That's right. If, 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 don't go buying the copper. I mean, who's going to come in with wads of copper? Lisa, Liz, I always say it starts at home. That's that's where we got to start. These grandmamas, they need to go. They need to go smack somebody. That's what that's 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 my personal opinion. That's right. <laughs> We're talking about Jermaine, our engineer today, is busting up in the control room. I really am. And I'm <laughs> I'm wondering also where the copper lives in those lights. Are they climbing the pole or is it Oh my god, on the interstate I fifty five, you're gonna climb thirty feet to I'm get I'm wondering. Um, well they're opening them at the bottom, there's a panel and they open it at the bottom, they clip they clip oh, no, the don't, wire. Don't tell them how to do it. <laughs> Thanks, coach. Thanks, coach. I can tell you how to do it. <laughs> we are talking about getting an estimate, a second opinion on your car and how these folks go about diagnosing your problems we would love to take your email questions to our show auto at mpbonline.org so coach we have talked about so many times the cars it's all about the computers now and the computers control all the things and i guess there's computer updates yeah you know he's talking about a problem earlier on a vehicle as of the jeep that has a misfire there's a lot of times now that you can take your vehicle to the dealership, and what they will do, they will do an update on the PCM, and they will flash that computer. And when they flash that computer, what they're doing, they're restoring new information on that computer that maybe the engineers found down the road that would help that vehicle run. Now, when we think about computers, we're thinking about, well, this computer here, it controls everything, but it has parameters. And the only reason that check engine light comes on is because it's outside of that parameter. Okay. And you hear a lot of young men and young women want to take and tune their vehicles where they'll go faster or they'll change gears at a different time. Well, once again, you got to have a, some type of programming tool to reprogram the computer. You're overriding the main uh, software that was written into that computer and when you override it you cannot get rid of it until you unless you use the exact tuner that you put it overridden uh, the program with so when you start doing things like that and you say well my vehicle is running rough here or that says something here well if it's a newer vehicle the dealership's not going to warranty it if you go in those computers and it's a new vehicle the dealership will not warranty that vehicle because now you have altered the way the vehicle runs okay and manufacturers don't like that and once again when they reflash these computers and just say i'll give you a good example this young man uh, put some neon lights on his front of his bmw well when he put the neon lights on the bmw the window quit working they quit going up and down took it to the dealership they had to change the lights back he had to buy a new computer that was $1,600 for that vehicle because he wanted neon lights in that vehicle. You need to know exactly how that vehicle works, what type of voltage, what type of amperage is flowing through those computers in order for you to put something else on there. If not, you're going to pay the price. We 
talk about on this show, you know, folks listen to this show because they want your second opinion because they know how to fix their fuel pump differential transactional whatevers. But then other folks, you know, they just listen because they like being informed and having a a, a gut reaction, having a gut instinct on what's wrong with your car. You know, I guess that's a good a, a good instinct to have when you need to take your car in for an estimate. Right. You you're familiar with your car you're the driver you know exactly what's wrong as not what's wrong but how the vehicle drives day in and day out so you know a lot of times you take it in and say well it's doing this and a lot of times the technician may need to take you on a a test drive so you can tell them where that noise is coming from because that technician may not hear exactly what you hear or may not see exactly what you see you know i don't know how many times somebody's taking a vehicle in that and the technician says well i just don't hear what you're hearing or I, it's just not doing what you're telling me well one of the things is, is that a technician in order for them to get all the information that's another thing when you go to any shop give them all the information that you have don't just tell them part of the story and then come back a little bit later and tell them another part of the story because if you do not tell the technician everything, he's going to be looking for something, and he may be on a wild ghost uh, chase. And so you want to make sure that the technician knows everything that you know and give him the opportunity or her the opportunity to diagnose the vehicle right the first time so you don't have to bring your vehicle back because it's so annoying to bring a vehicle back over and over for something that you say was already supposed to be fixed. Tell us the steps that a mechanic will go through to diagnose a problem. Well, the first thing, if you think about it, you're going to take it. The first is verification and confirm. You take your vehicle into a shop and you have a service rider. He's going to or he or she's going to ask you all these questions in order for them to confirm what you're saying is wrong with the vehicle. And then the next thing we're going to come up, we're going to come up with a uh, think about define the problem want to define the problem so he he or she that can tell the technician because the service writer just relays the information to the technician okay and the next and thing, that's the telephone game that's, that's the telephone, the telephone game. game you tell you you tell b a something and a tells b something it has to be good communication and then isolate the problem okay we need to take and isolate the problem make sure it's what the technician thinks it is and they can isolate it okay just to one area and then the next thing is going into you're going to make the repair okay once you make the repair and the last thing is ver- verify that the repair the repair was made correctly you know i think a lot of times we go to these places and they cut the check engine light off okay because that check engine light reminds you that something's wrong with the vehicle so if you don't see it you say everything's fixed. Well, if you understand how these computers work, some of them only monitor at certain times. So it may be a month for that check engine light comes back on because you didn't go through the complete drive cycle that it takes for it to come on. Okay. And once again, that's technical information that you'll find in uh, technical forms about a drive cycle. You may have to drive it for 20 minutes at 50 miles an hour. You may have to drive it at 10 minutes for 20 miles an hour in order for it to relearn and it can monitor that system. Okay, as it monitors the system, now you verify that check engine light's off. 
you take it to a drive cycle. It doesn't come back home for the technician. Now the vehicle's fixed. Don't just cut it off and say it's fixed. Well, I'm going to give you a good example. Uh, we're going to talk about... Uh, the manufacturers, every manufacturer now has some way to monitor those computers in that vehicle. They will send you an email. They'll send you a text. They'll put something on your phone, on your display, on your vehicle that says, hey, you have a mission problem or you have da 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 because the check engine light came on. They're reading that computer. They know everything about that computer. As they read that, they send the message to you. I had a customer this week call me on the phone and says that GM said they had a mission problem, okay, because check engine light come on. They called me. I went and checked it out, told them what was wrong with it, and they their question was, is it going to hurt the vehicle? No, it's not going to really hurt the vehicle or what the situation was because they were going out of town. But if it comes back on again, then we're going to have to replace that part because what it is, a piece of carbon could have got in that particular part and made it stay open. So make sure that you have some idea of what they're talking about because it's just like you go to a doctor when you, the doctor starts using all these long words well you really need to put it in layman's term that you can understand so when you go to the dealership you go to the shop aha i've heard that before and now i've done some research on it i know what it's supposed to do now tell me what we need to do we are discussing getting a second opinion, an estimate, and taking your car repair questions. You can send us an email. Our address is auto at mpbonline.org. We've got a new car review from Casey Williams coming up. And he's got, oh, it's the 23s. The 23s are out now, Coach. They're out. He's got a 23 model, so we'll be listening to that. This is AutoCorrect on MPB Think Radio. Here's a new car review from Casey Williams. It's Auto Casey on AutoCorrect. When automakers try to resurrect the past, it can be kitschy or really cool. And the car we have this week is really cool. It's the 2023 Nissan Z. Well, the outside really harkens back to the original cars from the 1970s. You know, from the square grille to the ferritin headlamps, and the fastback roofline and the wide rear flanks looks really sexy. Open up the hatch, plenty of room for luggage in the back of it too. Inside, flat screens everywhere. Flat screen instrument cluster, flat screen for the infotainment system, looks beautiful. This has wireless Apple CarPlay, Bose Audio, and all the safety systems on it. But what you're really gonna like is driving it. Underneath the hood is a twin turbo V6, delivering 400 horsepower. You still get pretty decent gas mileage, 19 miles per gallon the city, 20 on the highway. But when you get on the highway, you can do zero to 60 in four and a half seconds with that six-speed manual transmission, a thrill to drive. So let's talk about price. The Z starts under $40,000. 
This one, $53,610. See the full video on his YouTube channel, Auto Casey, and listen to AutoCorrect on the MPB Think Radio YouTube channel. Join us each week for Everyday Tech on MPB Think Radio. We have an IT expert, a computer repair ace, and we troubleshoot your problems on the phones as well. Everyday Tech, Wednesdays at 10 on MPB Think Radio. Download the podcast now or listen on YouTube on the MPB Think Radio channel. This is AutoCorrect. If you've missed any of our program, you can listen to the whole show from our website, autocorrect.mpbonline.org. Autocorrect is heard on MPB Think Radio Thursdays at 10 a.m. with a replay Saturdays at 11. It's kind of fun, you know. We're here on Thursdays, so we can't hear us, but sometimes I'm driving around on Saturdays. I've got my radio on MPB, and I go, hey, wait, that's me. That's Coach. I'm Liz Gill, but our expert is Coach Charlie Melton, ASC Certified Master Technician. Hey, it's time for Coach Charlie's Tip of the Week. Well, Liz, I was thinking, since we're talking about second opinions, I always think about the tip of the week this week was just because you find a shop that is a little bit cheaper doesn't always make it the best shop. Even And you can even turn that around just because it's a little bit higher it may not be the best shop. So always make sure that you go in there, you talk to the manager, you talk to the technicians to let you know what quality work. Check the reviews on them and on that shop and see what is best for you. Great. Let's go to the phones and go to Joe in Carrollton. Joe, thanks so much for calling into AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question? Yes, uh, my uh, question is about our uh, cabinet. I see a I got a 2013 Ford Escape, and uh, my mat—I don't get no kind of good. My mat is bad. You don't get—I can feel up and look like I can't go. Um, look at maybe a hundred miles on a tank. Oh, we need good fuel fuel mileage right now, Joe. Yeah, what is happening there? Is there a check engine light on it? Well, it come on sometime, but then it go out. And what, is, what it sounds like to me, Joe, is that, first of all, if it comes on and goes off, that means that you have some type of misfire in that engine. That engine's bound to be uh, running rough or it's running real rich because if it's running real rich, that means that fuel's going down in those cylinders, and that's why that check engine light's coming on is because it's, it can detect that it's running rich. And if you're only getting 100 miles a tank, I'd make sure I didn't have a leak somewhere or it's mm-hmm. not, or one of those injectors are not bad and letting fuel continue go into those cylinders. Mm-hmm. Well, I was talking to a mechanic. He said it might be the cabin air filter. I never had it changed. The cabin air filter? The cabin air filter has nothing to do with the way that engine's running. That is your air conditioner. Oh, okay. So, uh, you think it might be in the fifth injector when... Uh, I would check and see if I have a leak somewhere. They can do a... Uh, fuel leak tester on there they can put it on there and see if that fuel is leaking down if the pressure is leaking down so they can do that all they gotta do is put a fuel pressure gauge on it well look what is the the after uh matter for something uh escape 13 well that's 2013 that's anywhere going to be 18 to 20 miles a gallon uh on the highway it's going to be probably about 14 in the city but you need to go ahead and check if you're not getting right. very good gas mileage you should be getting a lot better gas mileage than what you're getting that, that was what I thought. Sure did. well check that out appreciate it buddy thanks joe you know, 
We're glad that you've called in today. Let's go to Wayne in Mobile. Love our Alabama listeners. Wayne, what's going on with you? And thanks for calling in to talk with Coach. Uh, yes, I have a 2006 Ford F-150. Got 350,000 miles on it. Runs and drives good. Uh, then now got a problem. The uh, first It started out with the left front. Uh, got four-wheel disc brakes on it. The left front. Uh, caliper was sticking and then it went away then the next day the right front uh, caliper stuck and then uh, a couple of days later later the right left uh, right rear caliper stuck and uh, then it goes and just does all kind of crazy stuff uh, one, one will stick one day the next day another one will stick a little bit but it goes away well, what that is, that's going to be your ABS. Uh, since it has ABS front and rear, you have a pump and a module up there under the dash. Is, I mean, under the hood is on the left side by the fuse panel. Most likely, that uh, ABS module is uh, something's going on with it. What I do is make sure you put it on a scan tool, a scan tool that can read ABS. Because, like I say, a lot of these scan tools that you get, you had to make sure that they can read the ABS and these different systems because these little card readers and stuff like that cannot read that. So you need to make sure you get a good scan tool where they can read that. And the check engine light may not come on for that situation, but it may be stuck in that computer. Yeah, the check engine light's not on on the ABS. Right, that's what I'm saying. So it may be stuck in that computer somewhere, and you get a good scan tool, they can check that out. Because it sounds like a module? it sounds like to me it's going to be that ABS module. Okay. Thanks if it goes, I the whole bunch. Yeah, if it goes to each wheel, like you're saying, yes. Thanks, Wayne. We're glad that you called in today. Well, let's end the show with Polly from Macomb. Polly, thanks so much for calling in to AutoCorrect today. What's your comment or question for Coach Charlie? Polly, we're glad you called yes, into AutoCorrect. What's your comment or question for Coach Charlie? Yeah, so I have a 2003 Toyota Land Cruiser, and I was driving it over the weekend pulling a Honda side-by-side, and it felt like my transmission went out. The RPMs revved real high, and if I tried to accelerate, it wouldn't go. So I tried to find a safe place to pull off, and that took maybe half a mile or so. And when I did that, it shuddered real bad. The RPMs revved pretty hard, and it, it still would not go into gear. So had it taken to the dealership, and they said that that had to do with the a front axle that we had replaced a couple of months ago. There was a bearing in there, and maybe that it was the computer turning the traction control on. And my question, they checked for shavings in the transmission, and the fluid levels seemed fine. So my question is... Uh, basically, is there anything that I should ask them to look for? Well, first of all, did they replace the axle bearing? They're going to, yes. But who, re- who, re- today, who replaced it a couple of months ago? The Toyota dealership. So that should be under warranty. So you want to make yes, sure. Yes, uh, yes it is. There. Go ahead. Yeah, and that axle bearing is on the outside of the vehicle as where the brake and all is, so that that's not having anything to do with the transmission itself. So once they put that new axle bearing in there, just make sure that bearing did not scall up or uh, mess up that uh, axle itself on the end 
where the bearing goes because if it seized up, it might have caused something wrong with that axle. So you want to just okay. make sure they check that axle real good where the bearing is. Now, but as the transmission, it shouldn't have anything to do with the transmission. And they are right, is that the ABS, it was trying to cut it on and off because it, it was sticking. And what ABS does, it tries to see where something's locking up and it unlocks and locks for you on each wheel. That's awesome. Okay. Well, thank you so much. Thank you. All right. That real quick, super quick. We have a email from Joe. Joe has replaced brakes 36 years ago, and now he has a, a 19 Toyota Yaris. Uh, is he able to replace the brake shoes himself? Well, Liz, as you were saying, he said that his wife keeps him around just because he can replace <laughs> things like that. And I told you my wife probably does the same thing. But guess what? It does have uh, sensors, ABS sensors back there. Uh, they're on the brakes. Uh, I mean, the axle itself. So most likely, you're not going to mess up anything. Just be careful when you take it apart. You know, and I, I, I've come up with these things now. You know, we have cameras. Go in and take a picture of it when you take it apart so you can put it back together when you get ready to oh man that sh we should save that for a tip of the week sometime that's awesome that is wrapping up today's show autocorrect thank you so much intern charles arnold as our call screener thank you jermaine flood for being our engineer today for coach charlie melton master technician i'm liz gill thank you very very much for listening to autocorrect only on mpb think radio This is an MPB Think Radio podcast.